news for a Waffle Butt Media podcast. What's poppin', Schweg Nation? It's your boy, Schweezy, up in here. What's going on, everyone? Uh, thank you for listening to this episode of the Schwegcast. It means a lot to me that you decided to uh, f- figure out and go to all the trouble to figure out how a podcast works and to... Uh, to actually give this one a listen, you know, uh, it, it means a lot to me. You know, I was just thinking the other day about how I go through all this. Uh, I do all this stuff in life and sometimes it doesn't feel like it's worth it. And then when I hear people who listen to the show and tell me how much they like it, it does mean it does mean something to me. So like, thank you so much for listening, even if you're a first time uh, listener. And so and if you do like it, I would love it if you could go and uh, leave a review. Um, if you're an iTunes podcast listener, leave a review there because those are actually really helpful to the show. A lot of people look at those specifically on uh, rating the show and stuff like that. So, yeah, just do that. But thank you for listening so much. It actually really does mean uh, the world to me, honestly, to uh, be able to uh, make episodes and uh, share them with you. So today on the show, I'm actually really happy. Uh, I got my good friend and show favorite. Micah Chrisman, a.k.a. MJ Chrisman, a.k.a. Big Guy, a.k.a. Thick Guy, T-H-I-C-C Guy. And so it's really fun. We, we get a really fun uh, conversation. We got to record this back uh, in December when I was in Kansas City. He let me uh, crash at his place. And um, surprisingly enough, he didn't get as sick of me as I thought. Funny enough, we went to a little retreat center with uh, – my spiritual mentor, Josh, and his spiritual mentor, funny enough. So my grandfather's spiritual mentor, Brad, he has this retreat center in Indiana, which it sounds weird. Like, yeah, I'm going to go to Indiana for the weekend. But this place is really, is really cool. And, you know, I saw I saw Micah up there and uh, we got a lot. And so we think maybe we don't have to see each other for about, I don't know, maybe another year or so. Or uh, probably maybe if I'm able to come up next time I'm in Kansas City, I'll be able to come up. We do talk about we have a slab bag going on. He's working hard on his second book in the Legend of the Seer, The Remnant, that series of books. And it's really good. You know, I read the first one back in 2013. And then once I finished it, I was like, hey, when are you releasing this next one? And so I've been, you know, constantly waiting and bothering him and trolling and all that stuff for Micah to actually release this new book. But, uh, it's going to be good. So he's recently doing that. He's working on a new blog right now. It's great. I actually really didn't have to do too much pre-show research just because me and Mike are friends. I just kind of know exactly what he's up to. And so, you know, even though we just saw each other, you know, we saw each other Martin Luther King Jr. weekend and, you know, we saw each other for New Year's. So, yeah, it's great. We got to catch up then. And uh, we even got to catch up a little bit more on the show. And so that was really exciting. So, Great, great, great to hear. Uh, since Micah isn't a musician at all, we're not trying to promote his music or anything since we don't really have any, like, music to put in our mid-episode thingamabob. Um, I'm just going to put in an older song of mine. Hope you like that. It's a little song called Ice Cream. I've been really having a sweet tooth lately. And so, uh, yeah, I have a little bit of ice cream for you. But uh, it was really nice. You know, I get a lot of guests on here, and it's and I love this job because what I'm able to do is get to meet new people all the time, get to ask them about, you know, how they make music or how they make books or <laughs> write books if you want to be more clever like that. But, 
you know, one thing getting Micah on this show is really fantastic because uh, not too many times you get to actually have someone who you are really close to and get to talk to and uh, just have a good conversation with someone and actually get to press the record button when you do that conversation. So that was really exciting. I'm really glad Micah let me record it. You know, typically when I try to get Micah to do all these podcasts and stuff like that, he's just like, oh, I have to do a podcast. But, you know, this time he actually really want to do it because he really wants to promote his his blog. And I'm really I'm really liking the blog right now. It's the Fence Travelers blog. Uh, I think it's at mjchrisman.com. So if you want to go check that out, you can. He has currently up to when this episode is being released, three blogs coming out. It's a part one, part two, and part three, kind of, you know, about what he wants to write about and stuff like that. So it is really, really super, super duper cool. So I like that. I've been working on new music lately because my uh, side projects, I've been working with other people, putting that on the back burner right now so I can start working on some new music right now. And I'm in in a spot right now where it's like writing the music, writing the melody has not been hard. I've been making beats, you know, I can easily just go in and make a beat. But uh, lyrically, I've been stumbling a little bit trying to figure out what I want to do. It's more or less the ideas behind it, you know, and don't really want to keep writing these same the same song over and over again or the two times for that matter of fact i just want to write it once and move on to something new so it's been really weird right now so i'm like in this weird spot right now where i'm like wanting to get some work done but at the same time it's like trying to get something out and it's not working so that's a little spot i'm at i just wanted to say that right now this is like my soapbox i know this is my show you can't tell me what to do and like that. But you know who can tell me what to do? Our sponsors for today's episode of the Shredcast. The first sponsor we have is Lyft. The free Lyft app gets users to ride in minutes on demand for less than the cost of a cab. Whether it's for a fun night out at the bars or to avoid paying for parking, for parking at the next concert you go to, Lyft has you covered. You can get you can use promo code SHWEGCAST when signing up, and you get a $15 ride credit towards your first ride, which is phenomenal if you've never used Lyft. Lyft is so much better than Uber. They were the first ones to actually add tipping, like, built into the app, so, like, you didn't have to, like, hope you had a couple dollars or anything in your pocket when you wanted to tip the driver. Like, you just automatically got to do that once you get done with the ride. And it's phenomenal. So use that promo code SCHWEGCAST, S-C-H-W-E-G-C-A-S-T, and you get $15 off your first ride. Also, our second sponsor for today's show is actually a newer sponsor to the show. They've been sponsored for the last couple of episodes, and I love them. This episode is also sponsored by Skillshare. Skillshare is an online learning community with thousands of classes in design, business, tech, and more. Anyone can join with millions of other people to learn cutting-edge skills, network with peers, and discover new opportunities. Skillshare has a simple purpose, to give you the skills and the expertise needed to succeed. Literally, I, you know, you can just search for anything on Skillshare, and, you know, you find a lot of possibilities. So say, uh, you know, I want to, I'm working on maybe getting a new desk for my studio. And so, you know, it's like, oh, some woodworking classes, you know, look at that. It's like there's some on Skillshare, which is phenomenal. A lot of music classes, you know, composition theory, you know, kind of refresh myself for some things that I may not have remembered so good in college. And I say good in a sentence 
which really uh, says choose red. So (laughs) anyways, you can get your first three months of Skillshare for only 99 cents, an offer I'm going to take advantage of, and I think you should too. There's a link in the description of this episode that gets you that discount. You can only get it with that link, and it's in the description of this episode. If I haven't made myself more clear about the link being in the description of the episode of this podcast. So I would click that link, get three months of courses for 99 cents with Skillshare, become a better person, and that's what you're supposed to do. So we're going to get woke with author MJ Chrisman slash Micah Chrisman slash big guy slash thick guy. And uh, in the meantime, stay awesome and uh, don't touch that dial. Night. I don't think we have those in Nashville. Yeah, you probably sure don't. Yeah, Raising Cane's is just a... Uh, it's not Kansas City. I know they have it on the East Coast and stuff like that. I'm sure it's everywhere. I'm just happy it's here. Yeah, I, I, I've, yeah, I love it. It's kind of one of those places I've wanted to try, but I haven't gotten a chance to try yet. Yeah, they are part of, like, you know, the you know, the whole government conspiracy to ruin everybody with antibiotic overload with chicken, you oh, know, it's in that processed like, factory farming foods, you know, but it's such good soul food. It's mm-hmm. so warming. Yeah, no, uh, thanks. Uh, not Thanksgiving, Christmas. I had my parents, now that I'm from the South, I made like our family dinner, like five cheese, macaroni and cheese, like some genuine soul food. Yeah, that's wow. Mm-hmm. I didn't know you could cook, Sam. Yeah, me neither. So I'm going to check if there's actually Raising Cane's in Nashville. Could seems like something would be in the city, but I don't think so. Let's check. Location, Raising Cane's. Nashville. Of course, it just takes me, oh, Kansas City. Where's the nearest one in Kansas City? Right. You know, one like right down the street from us. One that we drove to, but then we ended up having to have delivery cookies. Yeah. Which in hindsight, the cookie store was down like right next to Raising Cane. So it's oh kind of, we could have st- easily stopped and yeah. picked them up, but no, we came back to the apartment and then ordered cookies no later and they delivered it to our apartment. For those of you who don't know right now, I'm actually in Kansas City. We're not hanging out in my studio or in Micah's dining room. Would you call this your dining room? Yeah, I'd call this the creative, the creative room. I, it's like my work table slash... Uh, kitchen table slash gaming table. This is where we're going to be playing, you know, Game of Thrones Risk tonight. Mm-hmm. Uh, this is where I did nerds. all my Christmas gifts wrapping. It's just kind of the big working table. It's got a pirate ship on it right now in the middle. It's my favorite centerpiece I've ever had in my life. Mm-hmm. Because you've, you've become quite the show favorite on this show. What what does that have to do with anything? <laughs> I'm just saying a lot of people have been asking me, what are you going to get Micah back on the show? So what do they say about me? If, if I have fans, I need, to, I need to read the fan mail. Well, you're a level 10 woke lord. Do you, so. do you cut off the, the fan mail? Do you say, no, that's where I draw the line. Um, Micah doesn't get any fan mail. It's 2007. <laughs> it'll be 2018 when this airs. It's still 2017 where we are. But uh, when... 
Yeah, so no one uses the mail anymore. Yeah, no one uses it. Although I wrote everyone for Christmas Christmas letters, that's, mm-hmm. and I sealed all their letters and parchment letters that I handscribed all their notes on, and then I sealed it with wax. So there's clumps of wax on my table at the moment. Oh, did you not send me one? Uh, it's coming in the mail. You just keep waiting for it. Yeah. Even if May 2018, June 2018, just keep waiting. You know, oh. Christmas gifts, you know, they get backlogged so mm-hmm. often. Can you tell everyone what I got you for Christmas and that you didn't appreciate? Uh, it's not that I didn't appreciate it. I just thought, you know, money's a valuable thing to some people. And you think that you spend it on things that are going to be useful. But, yeah, he got me a Yukon Cornelius, uh, some kind of... Like toys, basically. It's one like a Funko Pop, but it's not the Funko Pop brand. Basically, it's a little miniature of me. It's a red-bearded Yukon Cornelius with Bumble or whatever, the big monster. It's funny. I never realized its name was Bumble. Mm -hmm. And so I wonder if the people who made the app, Bumble, you know. Mm -hmm. It named it after the the, character. Yeah. Because it's an abominable snowman. Bumble, Because, yeah. And so, Micah, have you been too pissed with me staying the night with you yet? Yeah, I mean, you know, we haven't made 24 hours yet, so I'm glad we're getting this podcast out of the way now, <laughs> because I think come Monday, come the new year, I will be... I'll be loading your baggage for you into your van. Let's just say it that way. And waving you merry on your merry farewell, you know, goodbye to Nashville deal. And so. so and so what have what have I done so far that's made you upset? Uh I mean just overall first of all taking up space like already all your electronic shit is all over my apartment your guitar your u- or ukulele whatever that is in the corner. So well, it's, uh, it's it's large uh, so it's it should be a guitar. Uh, now my where my ironing board is in the middle part now has turned into your hair salon like that little ch- desk chair area. You're swooping your hair there. So it's just, and then you use my other roommate's towel. And so uh, I guess that was a bad host. Like, my bad. I should have gave you, like, your towel well, when you, you first like, walked in the door or whatever. You had, like, 30 towels hung up. I'm assuming they're all clean. Uh, I mean, depends on what your definition of clean is. <laughs> yeah. Uh, but no, you haven't been horrible yet. But you know, it's all—it's all, the YouTube videos. Usually, it's—it's it's all <laughs> the super perverse sexual, but not even like not. Some of them are funny. Some of them are just like, you know, good grief. Do you, how long do you stay on the internet every day and watch these things? We saw, I introduced Micah last night to Filthy Frank, and what were your thoughts on Filthy Frank? Uh... I thought he was really funny, but then at some point I just finally turned it off and I just said, I can't handle his screaming anymore. <laughs> like, just this blood-curdling, nails-on-chalkboard voice that just, like, <laughs> ah! Ah! Oh, you want to talk to me about things in life? <laughs> ah! Ah! Like, I swear to God, that was, like, half of his jokes was just... Yeah, I'm done yelling. I just wanted to test your mic skills once. <laughs> just <laughs> make your recording later difficult to deal with. Oh no, this I definitely know what to do. So, sorry everybody if I uh, sound a little hoarse. Uh, you know, weather's cold here. It's about to be negative eight degrees. So I've been kind of like battling a raspy voice, but I'm hoping it settles for a nice soothing podcast sound. Yeah. Uh, well, it'll, it'll- It'll probably be fine, you know. But, uh, yeah, because the first thing I like to do anytime I see you, I like to get make sure All-Star by Smash Mouth is played in, like, the first hour. 
Yeah. And I introduced you to the 10 hour version. Where it's literally, they don't stop coming and they don't <laughs> stop coming and they don't <laughs> stop coming and they don't stop coming. They just, they just keep on coming and it just never stops. See, I've introduced you to a lot of things yesterday alone. So yesterday your neighbors need like rubbing alcohol. And so you went upstairs and you just left your door open. So I decided as loud as possibly I can, I'd play Gucci gang by a little pump. And what were your thoughts on Little Pump? Yeah, I think it it made me think about Little Pumps and how they work and what they are. Do you even know what I'm talking about? Yeah, I know what you're talking about. Or did you already forget yesterday? No, I remember the song. I just what was the, what I'm was making the name fun of, of the fact that what was the name of the song? <laughs> the Pump. Gucci Gang? Gucci Gang, there we go. You remember that? <laughs> oh God, you just said it. You're... And but then I introduced you to Big Shack. Yeah. Scrap, scrap, the tingle scrap. <laughs> and then, you know, two plus two equals four minus one, that's three big maths, quick maths. So. But mine's not hot. <laughs> mine's not hot. <laughs> mine's not hot. So. Yeah, I'm excited about 2018, you know? All these new artists, mm-hmm. all these exciting things going on. You know, how's the podcast been, Sam? It's been fun. You've been listening to the show? Uh, only the ones where, you know, you mentioned me apparently and you're always like text me like, oh, I mentioned you in this one. And so I think that was just your trick to say you're mentioning me in every single one to get me to listen to them. Mm-hmm. No, but I've listened to a few. Mm-hmm. The ones I tell you you're mentioned in? Uh, those ones, I, yeah, especially the game you apparently play where you like show my picture to people. And, oh, yeah. And you're like, oh, is it like a he's hot or not type thing? Yeah, yeah, so when we have female guys on the show and you text me and I'm just like, what do you think about this guy right here? He's like, oh, a beard. I mean, I'm always hoping that one of these days you'll prove useful and like find me a future wife that in some way that way someone will just be like, oh, wow, he is an attractive friend. Sam, hook me up. But I just know that any reference that you try to give me is going to be a shit show. And so I'll just settle for, hey, cool, you show my picture and I just have to assume that you say nice things about me. Mm-hmm. But I know you don't. You have to, ho- <laughs> you have to hope so. So I, I listen mean, to make sure you're when you're not saying bad shit, like when you're lying to people, just full-fledged lying okay. to people. What lies have I been telling about you? Oh, let's see. There was an episode where you were telling him, like, oh, he's just, he's always just, oh, so agitated. Just, oh, oh, and just always oh, just <laughs> frowned. And, and I'm like, man, I think I'm a pretty happy person, you know, but apparently, and it's like, it's only around you, Sam. That's the difference. You tell people that it's like, oh, he's always just so grumpy or whatever. He's an old man. I am an old man. I do, mm-hmm. I do have old man, grandpa. I'm the grandpa in the friends group, not even mm-hmm. the dad. Like, I have dad jokes, but my grandpa-ness is, is strong. With my <laughs> quacky sayings and my hipness with the kids is, mm-hmm. you know, limited these days. But, you know. Mm-hmm. But, but you know, every once in a while, you're going you're gonna to get it. Because you don't even tell your new friends about me. I mean, I do. I just said, oh, there's this guy, Sam. I knew him from when, back when. He's in Nashville. He's coming in for the weekend. Don't look him straight in the eye. <laughs> He's like a feral cat. I don't know, but, uh, but, but yeah, we're seeing our friend Jeremy tonight, and there's a lot of things about Jeremy we could talk about with him not on the sh- not in the room right now. Mm-hmm. But the, f- the first thing you told me is like, I don't know if Jeremy's too happy with you. And do you want to tell him why he's not happy with me? 
Yeah, because what Sam does is he'll send you a, a link or an, a, something, text it to you. And what I've learned from Sam is if you're at a family function surrounded by little nieces and nephews and other relatives and grandparents in their 70s, you don't open anything, Sam Schwiglison, not even a picture. It's anything, especially something that could have audio, you don't do it because it's usually going to be something like traumatizing, something that's going <laughs> to like just mess up the way you view the world. <laughs> like Filthy Frank. Yeah, yeah, only just not even that funny most of the time. So, of course, Jeremy was like, oh, Sam's going to be there. He's like, I got a boat to pick with him. <laughs> he was like yeah. a couple weeks ago, he's like, Sam sent me. He's like, and he's just like, that mother... You know, he was like, send me when I was with my family and like an idiot, I opened it. He was like, I opened it. And all of a sudden I just get this thing about all these opens the webpage, all these old men having sex with each other. Do you remember the website? I didn't get the link. Thank God. I'll I'll text it to you. Then you can read it loud. No, I don't want to read it out loud. It's lemonparty.org. It's uh, it's the good. It's a good prank that you tell people to go to this website. You know, it's really good during election seasons. Like, let's not vote for Republican or Democrat. Let's vote for the Lemon Party. And so you send people to lemonparty.org. <laughs> Such a horrible person. <laughs> but you've opened it before. So is that how your activism works out these days? Yes. <laughs> like in my way, my subtle way of fighting Trump, I troll people, and I send them to lemonparty.org. Mm-hmm. It's the best way to do it. Mike could just hit the microphone. Yeah, I apologize. Because he has no self-control. You know, I'm a very expressive person. I have to, like, jump up and down, wave my arms, <laughs> podium style. <laughs> Not like Gangnam style. Whoop, whoop. Gangnam style. <laughs> <laughs> but, yeah, and then, so, and then we have many stories about Jeremy. Mo- most of them involve him, like, almost dying of alcohol poisoning. Yeah, we've talked about how later on in life um, we'll all probably look back to these years of like our 20s and it'll just be one huge drunk story. We won't be able to like discern, you know, which is which. It'll just be, okay. Uh, remember that one time when we were at Vegas and then this person, it'll just morph into one because our memories will be so bad. Mm. And I feel like Jeremy's half the time will just be, I was in the bathroom puking. <laughs> mm-hmm. Because what- while the rest of us are normal people mm-hmm. and like drinking it, nah, Jeremy's not that bad. But, but you know. you've been, you've had to help him get a stomach pump before, right? I don't help him do anything. I just <laughs> drop him off at the hospital. <laughs> he gets his stomach. The, the doctors and the nurses, they do that thing i don't so i just i just remember la- the last time i saw him was last year new year's eve and uh or and then it was now then new year's day and jeremy was completely wasted and so we like took his keys from him and i guess we gave him back to him when we got back to your place and and so jeremy's like this was oh, okay. like hours later yeah jeremy went to the other room he's gonna sleep on the couch and then turns out he just took an uber back to his car and drove and then Michael is so mad. He's like, I don't even care if Jeremy's alive. <laughs> well, I mean, you get to a point where um, where you just stop, you know, hey, I can't. If I've taken your keys, I've done all these things, and then you tell me you're going to sleep on the couch. And then next thing I know, you're getting up at 4 in the morning, mm-hmm. getting back to your car. Some people just like to sleep in their own bed, I guess. And at some point, he got sober and felt like he could do it. But I'm like, well, that's the point. If you feel like you can do it that way and... But bing, but boom, you know, you go mm-hmm. do your thing. Okay, cool. Mm-hmm. But uh, yeah, the one time, like he tried to carry him up the like, it was like when we still were in college. 
Yes, the dark days. <laughs> no, college was a good experience. Well, the first time he got his stomach pumped, though. Um, he did end up that night going, I don't know if that was his first time, but <laughs> the craziest thing about that story is I didn't even drink. Like I had been at the university, um, doing like speech and debate judging. Oh yeah. Cause that was homecoming. Uh huh. It was a like huge that, yeah. blowout weekend or whatever. And I was, you know, not even drinking. I was sitting in classrooms, listening to pubescent college kids argue yeah. about politics and all that stuff. And so, by the time I met up with friends down at the bar to grab a drink, and I still had to get up at like seven in the morning because the tournament kept going through the week- weekend. Next thing I know, I'm Jeremy's. You know, blathering on. I'll oh, let me buy you a drink. Blah blah blah. And then all his friends that he apparently had been drinking with all day. <laughs> oh yeah, he these was so-called all friends. Day. Yeah, because it was homecoming weekend, so he'd been drinking all day. So he gets uh, put on, uh, put off on me, <laughs> and then I deal with him. It was a lot of different steps and things happened, but let's just say it ended up with like him. I lost him for a while, and the next thing you know, I found him on the side of a curb downtown, and he was, like, puking up on the sidewalk, and people were like, who is this person? Is this your friend? And cops being like, oh, you know, are you ta- are you with this guy? And I had to, like, pull the car around, and cops put him into my car, and it just... <laughs> By the end of the night, he ended up getting a ride home, um, and, yeah, then he ended up... But, but when the people who picked him up took him to the hospital... Mm-hmm. <laughs> to get a stock pump. So the moral of the story, kids, is enjoy beverages. You don't have to get completely wasted and drink all day. It's not good on your liver. Right, mm-hmm. Sam? Yeah. How's your liver doing, by yeah, the way? I'm, I'm just glad body parts I, don't talk. I, yeah, I feel like your liver, you know, is, is probably secretly holding up kind of like... You know, Ivanka Trump, just like a help me sign, just secretly always trying to like, Micah, help me. Ivanka? Do <laughs> you think? Ivanka Trump's always trying to like, the joke is she's always trying to like, help me. Send I thought secret. it was Melania. Oh, uh, whatever. Yeah, Melania, that's what I mean. I mean, Donald Trump wants to. All wants of his family members want to get away from Donald Trump, but yeah, mm-hmm. that's a Melania. Except for the, the boys, because they're just as weird as he is. Yeah. The weird thing is, I don't know how, like... They're all going to go to prison. <laughs> I hope so. Yeah, they look good in orange. Uh, <laughs> but uh, how is Ivanka and, like, Tiffany, like, Trump's daughter? Like, and they look perfect. But, like, their sons are, like, toenails. Right. That's I've been trying to figure that out. You know, that's a question we ask ourselves about anybody who's really got some ugly parents and then they got these gorgeous kids. You're like, what? But just because you look good on the outside doesn't mean you're good on the inside. So, mm-hmm. you know. Yeah, but I'm pink on the inside. I was going to say, yeah, that's why I've always told myself what I like. Was that my fattest and ugliest? You know, it just what matters is on the inside, my mom says. <laughs> and I'm like depressed. Speaking of which, because we all know you have the nickname Big Guy. Yeah, and so <clears throat> by we we mean you. You created the name Big Guy, also from a drinking story in Warrensburg. Let's just kind of leave the Warrensburg stories out of this. Well, why? They, well, they'll, they'll just keep us on let's, let's big rabbit trails. What was wrong with Warrensburg? No, nothing was wrong with Warrensburg. Just that that story in general. That was a party being busted up that we just happened to be at. Again, happened circumstances. Mm-hmm. And, and then who the was cop, the one who called you big guy? Yeah, I was on my way out the door, and the cops. I was like, "Good evening, officers." It's like you know midnight or something. They're like, um, "You know, how's it going, big guy?" And that's that's all they said to me. And I kept going. I just kept walking because I thought I'm I'm not getting arrested tonight. I don't know who's here. Mm-hmm. <laughs> yeah, and that was the story. So I tricked you into saying the story. So. With my journalism. No. 
don't do that. Don't <laughs> use my skills against me. Mm-hmm. But uh, anyway, see, yeah, you. But yeah, but we met in Warrensburg, and I don't know why. I was just in Warrensburg yesterday and the day before, and it was. No, Warrensburg is a good place. I mm-hmm. miss it a lot of times. I mm-hmm. need to go visit sometime. Mm-hmm. Yeah, that's it. Yeah, you just hang out and take go. Probably just go with Jeremy, right? No, I don't think he really. I mean, he. he doesn't go to Warrensburg all that often. His family moved up here. Mm-hmm. Maybe they'd be hanging out with Austin and them, but... Mm-hmm. Anyways, no, Warrensburg's... This is my birthing place. That's where, like, I wrote my... Got my master's, where I wrote my thesis, did all my thesis work. That was probably some of the best, I guess, uh, personal development time mm-hmm. with activism and just with my writing, getting stronger. It was... Yeah, you went from big guy to thick guy there. Oh, yeah, that was the whole point of your story, yeah. Mm-hmm. So I've lost some weight, yeah. It was still like, yeah, college is definitely the time where I was at my biggest. I was about, I was almost 300 pounds. I mm-hmm. was basically 300 pounds. Mm-hmm. I was like 299 or something. And we'll make sure to post a photo of before and after on uh, yeah, the Schwedcast Twitter. complete nude before mm-hmm. and after. No, my, my good old Moldova, <laughs> my favorite photo of you. Right. Mm-hmm. I think, I think, yeah, you know, like just a nice close-up of your face and just kind of like <laughs> doing like a half smile. Like if you zoom in on someone and they're just doing kind of like a fake smile, like those are the best pictures. Right. Mm-hmm. Yeah, no, it's been a long journey. So I've tried to like change some lifestyle habits, things I'm obviously – They've been like New Year's resolutions so, yeah. for like five years, but it's all about like changing your pattern of behavior. I'm trying to, I've like become eighty percent vegan, vegetarian. Like most of the time, uh, if I'm like with regard, it depends on. So if, I'm, if there's like a hospitality situation, mm-hmm. whether it's my family or friends are over, then that's when I like cheat. But when I go buy my own groceries, I try to like go meatless. And, mm. then, and why is that, Micah? Um, because, um, the Lord is against meat, beating the meat, eating the meat, all the meat. Because as as far as I remember, (laughs) you used to beat your meat a lot. Uh, eat it too. Uh, Used to eat meat. A lot of meat? (laughs) Yeah, I would eat loads and loads, truckloads of it. Mm -hmm. (laughs) Uh, no, but that's, I mean, but on a serious, like in Kansas City, right, there's barbecue. And so I've had Mm -hmm. some friends come in town, got moved, got a new apartment, new place here in the midtown in Kansas City. And so when people come in town, you got to, you got to treat them out. You got to take them to get barbecue. That was like, cause I had gone like two, three weeks straight, Mm -hmm. like being vegan. And it was just a huge undertaking. And Mm -hmm. so I'm like telling people, Hey, you don't got to be like these psycho people out here trying to be all like, you know, Filthy a- animal, animal rights are. Sir, take your rights. headphones off. I'm vegan. Yeah, <laughs> sir, take your headphones off. I'm vegan. You, know, you, you can be that person who just sets your own print. Maybe like you just have like, originally I was going to do like, oh, meatless on Mondays, Wednesdays, and Fridays. And then I'd have meat on Tuesdays and Thursdays mm-hmm. and Saturdays or something. You know what I mean? But. Now I just kind of permission myself when it's, yeah, personal time or time with friends, deciding from case-to-case situations. Mm-hmm. It's better to cut back, just for health reasons. Mm-hmm. Have you tried chicken? <laughs> well, when I usually meet, it is usually like chicken or... So this fish. is entirely for like health purposes. Well, it's for health, but it is like environmental. Mm-hmm. Like you got these like factor... I mean, all you have to do is watch crazy documentaries like What the Health... Which I hear is like a pseudoscience, you know, mm-hmm. <laughs> documentary. But I think there's some truths in a lot of those as far as 
um, just exploitation of of farmland mm-hmm. and like you just watch those kind of documentaries. It's like, yeah, at the end of the day, you're not sure about the science about cancer or does meat steak cause cancer. I mean, you know, you can see it causes heart issues or whatever, but the main thing is like, oh, well, they are literally pumping, you know, these in, you know, feces into these cesspools from these factory farms where pigs, it's just, an, it's, it's just, it's a disgusting, like, you know, industry, I guess. Mm -hmm. And when you watch like raw footage of stuff going on, you're just like, how can this be healthy for my body? Mm -hmm. You know? Yeah. So I'm not perfect, but I definitely am trying to like make these slow, subtle changes. Last year when we talked on the podcast, I was trying to quit smoking. And how did that go? That also was like a three week endeavor. So that's usually about what happens when I started to make a radical change in my life where I just cut something off. I make it about three weeks and then I relapse hard. So, so let's talk about that. Why Why is the three weeks hard for you? What happens after the three weeks? Well, it all comes from my childhood. Uh, you know, uh, my father locking me away for three weeks mm-hmm. in, in a chicken shed. Okay. Um, and just all I could do was hold myself in a fetal position and weep underneath the feces. Like, it was just... <laughs> I'm just kidding. <laughs> but no, but in the, on a serious note, though, because what I've learned in something, if you're trying to make something a habit, what you have to do is do it for 21 days uh-huh. straight. But you're saying it's three weeks and then you go back. Yeah, it's it's just usually like by that point, oh, man, I feel better. You know, it's kind of like you start working out and you start to mm-hmm. experience or feel some results. And then you're like, oh, I'm going to go buy a cake. <laughs> Maybe not a whole cake, but oh, I'm going to cheat here. And then suddenly you see yourself cheating more and more. And so it's like... Mm-hmm. For smoking, for me, it was kind of the same way. It's like bad habit picked up in college, but um, it's it was just something. I've always smoked pipes and cigars and whatnot, mm-hmm. but then over the last few years, yeah, mo- kind of started mo- smoking regularly, some you know cigarettes and stuff, and so it's just been a hard habit to kick. Mainly, you know, it could be I'm mm-hmm. bored sometimes when I like to write. I like to just sit with a cigarette hanging out my mouth. There's just I know it sounds crazy, but I just enjoy the taste and mm-hmm. smell of smoke. You've been here obviously, and I'm always burning candles and incense. Mm-hmm. So it's definitely one of those things where I, when I get rid of this pattern of behavior, I have to replace it with something positive. So that's what I'm trying to do mm-hmm. instead of just like cutting myself off, right? And mm-hmm. just because again, like with the vegan thing too. It's like, oh, I just cut myself off from meat. Well, then I feel like I relapse harder back to eating meat. So do you, or different do you things. think it's like other people, the people who influence you? Uh, I don't think so. I mean, I don't live with smokers. I don't, you know, I well, like your friends though. Like, um, I mean, some of them, most of them have already quit, or they only smoked cigarettes every now and then. Most like with them, you? Yeah, with me. Usually. Do you think so? Do you think? That maybe it's I don't know how this has become a therapy session, but <laughs> <No>. <laughs> I mean I guess it will be helpful for people in their new year if they're mm-hmm. trying to think about new habits. I think yeah. I think what it comes from ultimately is what's worked for me and maybe for other people. Like I have friends who just like up and quit. Like they just like oh, I got tired of smoking mm-hmm. and so they just quit smoking cigarettes altogether. And mm-hmm. they had a little bit of withdrawals for a few days, but they were just able to drop the habit. I've always had like an oral fixation growing older or, you know, since I was a kid, Mm -hmm. I'd cheat, I'd eat food. I was a chubby kid, you know? Mm -hmm. Um, and so it's just like, I've always just needed to do something, I guess, with like eating or smoking or just something like an oral fixation. Mm -hmm. So what I've just come to realize for me, what works best is to try to, instead of just cutting off one bad behavior, Mm -hmm. 
almost like a disciplinary reaction type thing. Oh, I'm sick yeah. of this. I'm just going to cut it off, you know. I'm trying to replace it with positive things. So, like, even today, you noticed I went to the gym this morning, you know, and mm-hmm. I've noticed, like, as I've continued, I've, I've been working out consistently yeah. for about a year now. Um, and that helps me cut back on smoking mm-hmm. because I feel better. I've, I'm breathing better. I do these breathing exercises. Mm-hmm. Um, just at night when I get back from work, just trying to de-stress. Like yeah. five, ten minutes. I mean, we're talking about simple stuff. Like I'm mm-hmm. not spending an hour, half hour, but just doing some mindful meditation, some mm-hmm. yoga or whatever, just to like reorient myself and um, and it's been really good. Mm-hmm. Like just doing little things like that. And I've, I've seen myself like, you know, cutting back on cigarettes. So it is culminating to a point where, yeah, I will take a plunge after I've cut back completely mm-hmm. down to like one or two cigarettes a day that I'll just cut it off completely. Mm-hmm. And we'll see. I don't know. It's all a journey. We'll see what, where I end mm-hmm. up in 2018. I might be on the podcast a year from now. I'll be like, well, uh, 30, third time's the charm. Yeah. Third time. I mean, and they say like for smokers and I, I genuinely, that was kind of a hard reality to accept too. It was like for the longest time I was addicted, but I didn't consider myself a smoker because mm-hmm. I had just, Oh, buy a packet every once, every two, three days or something. Mm-hmm. But once you come to that realization, like, I'm an addict, <laughs> mm-hmm. you know, just like any other addict journey, mm-hmm. you know, you have to come to that moment of finding a power outside of yourself. Mm-hmm. And so that's what I'm trying to do is, um, you know, I'm, I'm not perfect, but, you know, if I can just continue to make the right choice from moment to moment throughout the days, my hope is I can reverse, like, the patterns of, okay. of behavior. So it's helped, you know, as far as, like, my health. Like, again, I've lost 50 pounds. Mm-hmm. That's the other thing I've told people. People are like, what's your secret to, like, losing weight? I was like, honestly, it was coffee and cigarettes. Like, mm-hmm. and, I mean, in truth, it was riding my bicycle. It mm-hmm. was cutting back on beer, you know. Mm-hmm. All those things help when you just make the right choices. It's okay. So I'll let you get a little bit more. You, now you can talk to me about this. So what what, what problems do I have? Uh, we don't got. So you want to want to do my addictions? Uh, I don't know. What are your addictions, Sam? I guess we just we just know that you struggle with mad drinking, <laughs> depression. <laughs> but we all we all deal with that. Mm-hmm. You know what? What's that whole meme? You know, you know, you could go. You can live life without drinking, and it's like, yeah, you can live life without oxygen, but it's really, you know, I don't know. It makes it a lot easier. <laughs> yeah, well, I, I'm I'm botching up mm-hmm. something like that. Like yeah, I could live without. So you gonna you gonna talk to me about my drinking? No, I honestly don't. Yeah, you, know. you just don't care. No, it's not that. I, well, first of all, Sam, I hope you're doing okay. If, <laughs> if you uh, need to talk to me about anything, you know, we can talk outside the podcast. I'm here for you, buddy. But <laughs> there's help for you, and there's help for mm-hmm. us. No, I, I think for me, I think that's part of like the Christian journey too. Maybe that's something like to reflect on. You know, my campus pastor. Well, you know, he was your campus pastor too, Josh Casey, yeah. you know. I like he, to call him my a, spiritual mentor. Your right? spiritual mentor. That's probably better. He is more of a spiritual mentor than a, just a pastor. But, mm-hmm. you know, he pointed out, you know, when he talked about that verse, you know, where Jesus said, before you remove the plank from your neighbor's eye, remove, mm-hmm. or, you know, the speck from your neighbor's eye, remove the plank from your own eye. Mm-hmm. And, you know, Josh just mentioned, you know, he was just like, I could spend the rest of my life removing the planks from my own eye before I even have the time to get to your planks. Mm -hmm. So for me, all these things, like I've talked about the kind of 
journey I've been on with um, just health, I mean, it's not any different than anyone else, what their goals and aspirations mm-hmm. are. But I'm not going to sit here and tell people, like, you know, this is your this and that, Sam. This is your, you know. This is my podcast. This is your This is your podcast. No, it's more like, hey, like, I got my own planks I'm working on, and I'll work mm-hmm. on those. And, mm-hmm. and I won't, I won't, I don't want us to take the time to look at your specs. Mm-hmm. <laughs> I also have editing power, so. Yeah, that's, that's true. Right. So. It's like, Sam, you struggle with being awesome. <laughs> 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 you just like cut out everything just I say. It. Sam is a beautiful person. <laughs> <laughs> I'm glad you're saying all this stuff so we can actually like edit it all together. Right. I'm mm-hmm. sure that's where it's going. So we're going to take a break real quick. And so then when we get back, we're going to talk about what you've been up to. We're going to talk about your writing and uh, what you are doing in your uh, professional life. So don't touch that dial, anyone. Oh, baby, you and us together just feels so good and so right. Your skin feels like porcelain It feels smooth to the touch I wanna feel you on my skin Cause I can't get enough Our bodies fit together like Two people should Nobody can touch me The way you could it tastes like ice cream You're sugary sweet And I want you all over me Like ice cream in the heat You know how to treat me well You make me feel good And I'd stay in bed all day But I don't know if I
favorites, you know. You're, uh, you are a favorite on the show. But I don't know what that means. You still haven't told me, like, do have... That means, like, when you come on the show, people get really excited. Yeah, excited how, I mm-hmm. guess. I'm just like, what type of people are these? Well, how are they getting excited? What does that mean when they get excited? That Sam? means, like, they get... It's kind of like, you know, when you watch a variety show and you have, like, a special character come on and, like, there's, like, one of your favorite characters, but they're not on that often. Yeah, and the whole crowd, like, claps when they come in through mm-hmm. the door. Yeah. So that's great. Can we make sure that's cued on this? Like, Yeah, it's recording. When I Well, I mean, but I mean, when I, like, first, my, ver- my voice first comes on, can we have, like, a... It's not how, oh, okay. how the show works. Okay, my bad. Sorry. You know when you listen to the radio and there's no clapping? Yeah. Because this is radio. Oh, gotcha. Internet uh, radio. All, all, just all audio, gotcha. Mm-hmm. Yeah, they can't even see us right now. What? The people? How oh. many people are there? Are they small people? Are they trapped inside your exactly. computer? We're, Hello, small we people. We don't know who they are. Hello. Okay. And so we wanted to talk more in depth on who MJ Christman is as an author. So as like you're as an, a writer and an author and a public speaker, uh, t- tell us a little bit more about you. Let, um, we want to get to know the MJ Christman. Thanks, Sam. I don't know. I guess to start, um, I took to writing a lot when I was a kid. Um, it started off with making movie scripts with my siblings and we were going to make, you know, first a Star Wars knockoff. I was like, I actually wrote a letter to my sister this Christmas. And I was like, thanks for helping me like write that script for the Star Wars movie knockoff we were going to make. Mm-hmm. Now I've converted it into a fantasy Lord of the Rings knockoff mm-hmm. book series. <laughs> <laughs> That's what I said. Uh, no, I mean, it, it's my first book series. Um, I self-published the first book, The Legend of the Seer, um, back in 2011. And it was probably a little premature. I was excited. I was young. I was trying to, like, get out there in the publishing world, trying to build an audience, doing all that stuff. And I just realized I was going about it the whole wrong way. And it just came fast, right? Yeah. All the the people, all the platform, you know. I hate all that, Mm -hmm. you know. Um, No, and I I loved writing just for writing purposes, but I realized it didn't – didn't occur to me until I went through college mm-hmm. how much my writing needed to be sharpened, just like any tool or asset. You have to like learn how to use it. And so between um, just all the college courses, I did studied communications mm-hmm. um, to like go into um, working in um, maybe a religious or nonprofit world. That was kind of mm-hmm. what I pictured. At first it was like going to work at a church, and then I started kind of having enough faith Deconstruction, reconstruction journey. So that's the other kind of interesting thing is like my book series is like a fantasy, like but very heavily influenced Christian series. So it is mm-hmm. like Lord of the Rings and Narnia. And so when I wrote the first book before I went to college, it was very much a black and white world book. It mm-hmm. was here are the characters, here's the villain, here's your hero. He's on the hero's journey. His name is William. He's a seer and he's for, he's seeing the future. He's seeing an enemy coming and. It launches him on this quest to gather Mm -hmm. allies for this future coming war that now, kind of like when Harry Potter discovers he's a wizard, Williams discovered he's a seer and he sees into the future and how the god of his world, Eloium, is is guiding his path um, one step of the, every step of the way. Um, And I've gone through and I've kind of revised the first book. So I'm doing a relaunch of it and have a new updated Mm -hmm. map because I've invested so much in this series. My own heart was just like, I want to see it through. I want, for my own volition, I don't care about (laughs) the readers anymore. No offense to you guys, but part of me is like, I want to see 
this character, William. I, for me, his journey is wrapped up in my own. Mm-hmm. And so I feel like that's how I started off my college life was mm-hmm. like this, the world's very black and white. I know which side I'm on. Everything is, this is good. This is evil. And wow, how quickly that world got turned upside down. Mm-hmm. The things that I used to stand uh, against are now some of it I stand for. Some of my um, writings about Black Lives Matter opened my eyes um, to the racial prejudice mm-hmm. and injustices that were going on even at my own university and even to this day are still probably going on um, when, in a world of Trump. But um, all, all that to say that I definitely got... Um, just awakened to this whole new way of seeing life. Mm-hmm. And then what was cool is how that molded with my faith. I okay. didn't see it as opposites with each other. I saw mm-hmm. it. And so now that's what I'm trying to explore in my writing is okay. in the second book, I'm trying to see what does it look like uh, for my character to not have it all figured out, mm-hmm. to have uh, the villain uh, maybe look like uh, a good person and to mm-hmm. have all these conflicts go on internally. And so that's why I'm trying to like flip the script mm-hmm. and reimagine what does it mean to be a Christian in today's world. And I feel like that's what's going to happen a lot in my series is while I set the whole parameter, set the world in motion in the first book, my goal is to kind of with the finishing and releasing hopefully of the second book within the next year or so, I'd like to see all of that come to fruition where people see my heart even in fantasy fiction. Mm-hmm. And so with uh, revising a lot of the first book, because you came too quickly, as we like to say. And uh, so do you think with these changes, since you said it was a black and white, do you think with these changes you are making it a little more colorful? I guess to be clear, yeah, in the first book it's, I just kind of tighten the language a little bit. Mm-hmm. Um, so when I first published it, I think my word count was 112,000 words. Mm-hmm. Now it's down to about a 97,000 words. So it's actually going to be a little bit of a shorter book, but okay. I feel like the pacing is better. It okay. feels just as long as when I first released it. It's just mm-hmm. the language and some of the grammar is just tightened. Mm-hmm. But then also, um, I'm going to give a shout out to my boy, Andrew Sexton. Went mm-hmm. to school with him. Uh, he is now a missionary down in uh, Mexico. Uh, well, he's based in, in uh, El Paso. Um, and Fantastic graphic designer, by the way. Yeah, great graphic designer. And he's working on... Um, him and his brother are working on the map for my mm-hmm. book. So my hope is um, the goal right now, crossing fingers, mm-hmm. is that um, after I've revised kind of the first book, I'm going to relaunch and have a second edition. Mm-hmm. So I'll have an updated map, um, new kind of art cover illustration. Um, then my hope is to do a re-release in mm-hmm. May this next 2018. Mm-hmm. And so, yeah. And so since I, I've read the first book, and so this isn't one of those like me just like, oh, I listened to a single or I like, you know, heard mm-hmm. a song, you know, it was like I've actually read the first book. And so for someone who has read the book, mm-hmm. what changes do you believe they're going to be shocking to people like me? Uh, definitely dialing back a lot of the, um, I guess, spiritual overtones. It wasn't mm-hmm. that. Um, in, in many ways, it was a little overbearing in the first rendition of it. And I just, part of it was because, again, growing up here in the Bible Belt, growing mm-hmm. up here in the Midwest, I, I didn't realize as a kid, as a young person, I had all this pressure to mold that language into mm-hmm. my writing. It just, it got so entangled that 
it was almost de- distracting from the fantasy world, if yeah. that makes sense. It was so, it you know, it's kind of like uh, you have to have that balance, right? C.S. Lewis had to do it, where there was such a separation between the Pevensies and their British world in England mm-hmm. and Narnia world. And anytime there was a, you know, a call back to something in England, you're, you're drawn back out of that world. If yeah. that makes sense. Like the snake woman. And since my book isn't that it's just its own world, it's its own mm-hmm. fantasy. It's its own, I mean, dimension mm-hmm. really. Um, I realized that having some of these overbearing Christian, you know, you know Judeo-Christian centric um, terminologies, like even prayer or things mm-hmm. like that, that were like embedded in it, even yeah. though like you have monks and medieval people who prayed, mm-hmm. but I mean, it's a medieval time set uh, or time setting for the book series. So I think for a lot of folks, they might be surprised about that, like mm-hmm. just realizing how much that's dialed back. But there's a couple other key changes. Um, for example, I, th- I think probably the most distinct difference mm-hmm. is um, in the first rendition of the book, I have this character named Goldwing, and I, I have plans for this character throughout the series, um, and he's an eagle. But in the very first book, in the very first edition in 2011, when William's like first being called to go on this journey to like mm-hmm. embark, he has this like whole like heart of decision moment, literally, mm-hmm. I think the chapter. Um, and originally it was like the voice of Eloyim, like talking mm-hmm. to him and just like a voice in his head, like a schizophrenic. No, I'm just kidding. Yeah. No, but you know, that spiritual realm still exists and he definitely still prays and talks to Eloyim in that way. But now I've actually brought that character Goldwing in earlier. So he's still mm-hmm. kind of this mysterious, just oldest time animal eagle thing, mm-hmm. talking eagle. And so when he like, talks with William on the hilltop, it's like this kind of cool, like weird scene where he's like freaked out and like getting a sword. He's going to like stab and kill this eagle because he's not sure. And then the eagles are talking to him and then they're like, you know, thinks he's going crazy. But it's just, it's a cool scene. I think it, it, it definitely sparks a lot more. It's a lot more um, congruent, I guess, with how the story where mm-hmm. I plan to take it. So I've done a lot of work this year in 2017 editing the first book, but then I, I took a whole retreat. <clears throat> I went to Indiana for like four days and I actually mm-hmm. went and saw you afterwards. Yeah. I, I went to India for like three, four days and then I stayed a couple nights with Sam in Nashville, drove down. But I spent that whole time, just locked myself away literally with this kind of monastic commune place that we would go mm-hmm. to with this family. And you just, it's like a bed and breakfast. I just, yeah. I just spent every morning, I would go for a walk out in the woods. I'd come back and then I would write for hours and we'd do some prayer and some meditation over lunchtime. So that was really reorienting, resetting, um, to have, feel like the spirit of God was kind of involved in that process. Mm-hmm. But overall I was doing the outlining for book two, book three. I was like, how do I want to see the story culminate? And it's actually been really interesting, like even seeing like, because as have, we've talked on the podcast in the past, yeah. I'm very much like I care about social justice issues, like to the core of my bone, to the point where I, I just know that that's how God's going to use me somehow in the mm-hmm. future. I don't know how it's going to work. Um, I'm planning to do a lot more training and doing stuff this year. But all I say, that's come out in my writing, too, <laughs> in some small, subtle ways. In the second book, um, I won't give away the story, but... Basically, at one point, my character William ends up going to this kingdom of giants to like mm-hmm. recruit them to be a part of this war and to be allies. But the first thing that these supposed allies do is they arrest him 
and they torture him in this underdome chamber. Mm-hmm. And they consider him there because an edict went out that there was no mm-hmm. foreigners or um, allowed to come into their kingdom because there's all these rumors of war. Every the mm-hmm. whole world is on intense um, on the edge of their seats, and so. Um, and there's refugees who are moving into Ilona's kingdom simultaneously way down yeah. south. And so what is that? I don't know. It was just funny because as I'm like writing this and looking back all these months later, years later, mm-hmm. and now in this season of Trump, we're seeing all this happen. The same yeah. kind of fear mongering, close off our borders, you know, say no to the exiles. Mm-hmm. And these could be very well the people who are going to set the who could change what's going on. Yeah. So, and so is there going to be an evil king with <laughs> bad hair and <laughs> yeah, chubby jowls, <laughs> all grab, no hands. <laughs> That's what my answer friends, we call Trump. We call him the big grab. <laughs> just like, just all grab, no hands. Cause mm-hmm. he's miniature hands, but, um, yeah, no, not, not to that, but I am doing something different. Cause again, like in the first book, um, my antagonist, my 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 uh, evil person, is very much how you see on the surface evil. This yeah. is like a Sauron, a Dark Lord. But what I'm excited about this series, what I think is going to be different than what those series did, mm-hmm. is my goal by the end of the second book and bleeding into the third book is that you as the reader come to question whether this villain is the bad guy. Mm-hmm. Maybe everything he's saying makes sense. You know, because it's going to be one of those things where after he's taking over and all these wars and battles are raging, he's going to be the one going back through and rebuilding, building mm-hmm. up the walls, healing the soldiers, giving mm-hmm. the people food. It's kind of the same thing going on. Like, would you rather have safety, uh, freedom and security, you know, freedom or security, you mm-hmm. know, that kind of mindset. Would you rather have half a loaf of bread or no bread? And so that's kind of what he does is he's going to be that person who comes in and it's going to create a lot of like it's going to be a like a, a little head spin for my main character. He's going to question everything, and I think that's kind of the mark of our generation is we all have set off and we all have our roadmap before us that our parents gave us. And at the end of the day, it's like, oh wow, I have to like figure this out for myself. What do I actually believe about faith, about politics, about social justice mm-hmm. issues? I have to come to those terms for myself, and it might not always be a clear right or wrong answer. Mm-hmm. That's going to be very interesting, and I'm excited to read book two. When, because when are you planning to get book two out to the public of the world? <laughs> Here's the key question, isn't it? So, um, again, just because I was working on my master's degree and doing, I had to write a thesis. I had a hundred page thesis I had to write, and then of course, the job world, and so I did some. Uh, worked for a community organizing group and for a year and I'm still doing a lot of activism stuff in Kansas City volunteering and being involved with kind of the social justice stuff um, here in the city but um, I've been in the shadows in my spare time working on yeah the book and and my website and series and so I'm really excited um, in 2018 because I'm basically gonna be launching my new website, um, mjchrisman.com, and I'm going to be um, sharing within that website my blog, Fence Traveler mm-hmm. blog. So um, I can talk about that here in a minute. But to answer your question, I guess, for mm-hmm. the second book is my goal is to hopefully finish it definitely before 
June is the hope. Have a, a draft done by May or June. Hopefully, maybe around the same time I'm release, re-releasing the first book. Because hmm. um, I might put, like, might, keyword, put an excerpt chapter of the second book in the new second edition of the first book. Okay. To kind of give people stirred up about it. Mm-hmm. And then after that, it'll just depend. I have some publishers that I was in. Um, communication with that were interested in my series. Mm-hmm. I sent them a proposal and they just said it looked all really good, um, but they want me to f- just finish the second book and mm-hmm. they'll take a look at it when it's done. Mm-hmm. So I'm about two thirds of the way done. Um, so we'll we'll see. But I definitely am excited because I have new stuff coming out. Mm-hmm. You know, it's not just this book series, but I've been publishing short stories and poems. Mm-hmm. I just got recently featured in Kansas City Voices magazine. Mm-hmm. So I was really excited about that. I mean, not, nothing huge. No New York Times, you know, columns, you know, or <laughs> features. Uh, you know, this is my first, you know, uh, marketing, I guess, here with the, the you know, the Shraycast. Mm-hmm. <laughs> but, but, yeah, and so what's going to happen? Because you want to have this book ready to be sent to a publisher by July 29, 2018. And tell everyone why you want that to happen. Because otherwise, Sam Schwegler gets to slap me in the face five times. Five times. I'm going to do them all at once. We So it started off in college when I had, re- had already done my first book. He, We were talking about it. He wanted to know when my second book was going to come out. And we were just talking about it, and I said, yeah, it was taking me a while, and, and things were busy. But then Sam was... Um, we made a slap bet. Because mm-hmm. I had basically told him, I was like, well, if I don't finish it by... July 2017, then slap me because I probably need to get my ass in gear. I need to get my, I need to get in motion. I'm, I'm slacking, you know, but Sam was so gracious because I was running late. He said, I'll make you a deal. We'll extend the deadline. He was like, but it'll be go from one slap to five slaps. Mm-hmm. And so now I have to finish it and have it ready for publishing, to go through the publishing process, to be submitted in queries to, like, Mm -hmm. the publishing houses. I have to have that ready by July. (laughs) Mm -hmm. And the plan is, if that doesn't happen, which we don't want to happen, is that I get the five slaps. And the plan's going to be is we're going to call it Slaptober. And we're going to do it in October. I'm going to fly up from Nashville, and we're going to book a venue, and we're going to sell tickets, and they're going to go. My plan is we're going to donate the profits to a LGBT homeless shelter. We're going to sell tickets to it, and then we're all just going to watch me slap Micah five times. I'm sure nobody is going to find that that exciting to mm-hmm. come see you slap me. But for the charity, that's the, the whole point. I, I guess I now that you've put it in that frame, mm-hmm. should I be excited that I'm going to fail because money might go to a charity or I'm actually more leaning towards the screw you, Sam. I'm going to get this done before mm-hmm. you even have a chance to even think about slapping me. But so, now that none of that money will go to the LGBTQ shelter, apparently. So, so we either way, we got we got a good thing going. So if, say, Micah finishes his book by July 29, 2018, uh, you you all are going to get a new book to read. Yes, and actually, I'm really excited because when I release the first book, um, right now it's only a dollar ebook, but again, look for the new updated copy that's going to be coming out. Because um, then, what I'm excited about is then, yeah, hopefully, you'll be able to read the first book along with the second book. All. I mean, it'd be a miracle if it all be in the same year, but I want to be realistic. A lot mm-hmm. of that takes time. The artwork for publishing, marketing. All that stuff. But for now, I'd love for people to um, connect with me on 
mjcrystal.com, or if you type in my new blog, which is fencetraveler.com, it'll go to the same site. But yeah, that's something else. I'll so yeah, about. let's talk about the Fence Travelers blog. Yeah, so I'm excited about that because um, I feel like this is going to be an outlet for a lot of the stuff that's been culminating in my mind and my heart and a lot of like other millennial Christians, vagabonds, ragamuffin kids who are just like out here trying to like find their way, you know, we're all kind of mm-hmm. lost, but we're all finding our due north, so to speak. Yeah. But literally, yeah, the Fence Traveler blog I'm excited about writing about is going to be well, the tagline is a progressive Christian blog for those caught in the middle. So it's like that whole phrase, you know, don't ride the fence, uh, choose in you know, your side, basically. Stop riding the fence. You know, we've mm-hmm. had family or people say that to us. And it's always like a negative connotation. It's always that there's only two options mm-hmm. and stop being in the middle. Yeah. One side or the other. So it's kind of like I saw somebody at church the other day. Hadn't seen in years, and we were talking about stuff, and he asked me, so are you a Democrat uh, or a Republican, or are you a liberal or conservative? That's what he said. So are you one of those liberals now is what he asked me. And uh, we were, and I just asked him, I said, well, let's, let's ask a bigger question. If Christ was here, would he uh, tell us to be a Democrat or a Republican? And mm-hmm. he was like, oh, no, he'd probably tell us to be neither. I was like, exactly. <laughs> mm-hmm. You know, and so what I'm excited about with this blog is trying to show and paint a picture that what did Jesus say when he said, I am the way, the truth and the life? Or when he said the way is narrow and mm-hmm. few find it. What if that way is like a third way? Right. Mm-hmm. So you think of the time Jesus was in. You had the Roman power mm-hmm. structure controlling everything. And they were just super hedonist, right? Yeah. They're just, and do whatever feels good. Power, um, sex, death, murder, all of that was game, fair game. Then you had the religious quote, right? Mm-hmm. <laughs> Which were the Pharisees, Sadducees, who are the people who got mad at Jesus for healing a lame person on a Saturday, on mm-hmm. a specific day, a Sabbath, you just know? Just a bunch of Jews, yeah. Yeah, hey, don't be racist. Don't be an. I can do that. I'm Jewish. I yeah, I don't think it works that way, Sam. All that to say, during that time, so you had Jesus, you know, and they were basically like each side was trying to pity, you know, who are you beholden to, Rome or the Jews? Are you going to help lead an uprising, a revolt, a revolution, or are you just going to um, be a heresy, a heretic? And that's what it was. It came down to choose your side. And what did Christ? do all the time mm-hmm. he'd remain silent or he would speak up it just depended on what the context called for but i think that's what he was talking about the narrow way the third mm-hmm. way like what does it mean to be a liberal progressive christian who maybe is pro-life um but stands with lgbtq folks mm-hmm. and thinks that they should get marriage you know equal social mm-hmm. civil rights as everyone else yeah um, what does it mean to, you know, be friends with Muslims and not have to try and convert them, you know, mm-hmm. but just loving and being like Christ to them. Uh, and I'm not trying to like get into a whole theological conversation. That's kind of what the blog's for. Mm-hmm. <laughs> it's like, let's have a conversation about these things. The whole point is, um, you know, we're, we're all trying to navigate a fence. Yeah. We're all trying to like there would have, but what if there is no actual fence? That's the whole point. What if that fence is in itself a third option, a third way. And I think obviously, and I tell people like, I'm going to lean probably left. I'm going to lean progressive on these issues. Mm -hmm. 
but there's going to be things I'm going to probably lean right on. And that for, for people who are maybe secularist or um, not just Democrat, but just true leftist, mm-hmm. they probably are going to think I'm too moderate. Who knows? Um, but the bottom line is that um, I'm excited about these issues because just like in any writing or fantasy fiction or social justice things are all the all for me it's all coalescing into this moment of we're people and we're Mm -hmm. imperfect and we have to settle our differences through discourse or see ourselves rip rip each other apart and so i think definitely for christianity um we have to ask ourselves in the changing landscape of both politically and spiritually and as a nation, Mm -hmm. where are we going? How, who are we going to be known for, for what we stand against or what we stand for? And as a Christian, I think that's what I'm trying to explore with this blog. And so the other cool thing is, um, if you subscribe, you get the opportunity of a $10 gift card, Amazon gift reader once Mm -hmm. a month. (laughs) Mm -hmm. I've seen some other authors do that. And I think it's kind of fun. So So I'll have like a once a month, like raffle, or if you sign up for my blog you can you might get a raffle randomly get selected to win a gift card for 10 bucks which you then have to buy multiple copies of the legend of the seer of but you know that's beside the point no just kidding <laughs> so you just get that ten dollars back or like the and then amazon gets the cut and you get yeah like right this, you, you get seven dollars back and i'm trying not to be like you know, super capital. Like I don't have t-shirts or, you know, merchandise for my books. It's more Mm -hmm. like I want to express ideas. I think that's the biggest mark and difference of where I'm trying to go with my Mm -hmm. life and with my writing is you're not going to please everybody. You can't please the left, the right, your parents, your friends, um, whatever that dividing line that seems to be in your life, you have to just own it. Like the world doesn't need another Jesus Christ. I'll be honest with you. They don't. It needs a Sam Schwegler. It needs a Micah Christman. Mm-hmm. Now, I want to live like Christ. I want to follow his example. Mm-hmm. But the world needs us to rise up and be like Christ to not and not to shove Christ down their throat. <laughs> uh, it was preventing you from rising up. Huh? What is? Well, yeah, what's preventing you from rising up? Um, I I guess that's the whole point. It's like nothing. Like I, that's what I'm trying to do. Like I'm. Mm-hmm. That's what I am doing, not trying to do. Mm-hmm. That's the other thing. I've been like saying these like positive affirmations. I, I I swear to God, I think people are gonna like start thinking. I'm I'm becoming that quirky like crazy writer where I talk to myself now. Mm-hmm. I've even caught myself talking to myself at the gym. Hey, you like, you kind of talk too much. I do talk too much. I've so I always get lot. surprised when you're like, oh, I don't want to record a podcast. Because <laughs> uh, I usually have a lot to say, and then I spew it all out, and then it's all done. But with my writing, I can pace it out. I can mm-hmm. <laughs> parse it out and make it mm-hmm. cohesive. But no, I've been trying to like say positive affirmations over mm-hmm. my life, like as I'm driving, like who is it that Micah wants to be? And not about like what I'm trying to do. Mm-hmm. That's the other thing I've come to learn in my writing journey is like, my writing is not just something I do. It's part of who I am. And I'm trying to, like, come from that place of, like, writing because I enjoy it. Like, it's an out, like if I don't do it, then I'm losing a creative element of yeah. myself. And not that I have to do it because Sam Schwegler is going to slap me mm-hmm. <laughs> in July 2018. Yeah. Try not to let that be the motivation. Yeah, I'm trying we don't to get, want that LGBT homeless shelter to get money. No, like, I, I'm writing from a place of um, trying to explore, yeah, like what it is I enjoy to do, who mm-hmm. do I want to be? Cause if I die tomorrow or 50 years from now, I want to see myself doing 
the things I love and care about, which mm-hmm. is people uh, ultimately. So that's what I'm trying to do with like the blog, Fence Traveler blog, and my Legend of the Seer series, Remnant series. Um, just trying to, yeah, show love and character with people. All right. And so before we wrap things up for this episode, typically I always <laughs> like to ask a good drinking story. But since we've known each other for about six years. And I've years, already told a drinking story on this podcast. And so since we've known each other for six years, I'm going to let you tell a drinking story about me. Let the tables get turned on myself. Oh, my gosh. I, I feel like I already shared a drinking story about you. The first time you ever got drunk was the first one we talked so about. So let's, let's just tell that story. I don't. I think we got a lot of new listeners since the last time you were on the show. Let's tell that story again. Oh, my gosh. Okay, so this is like the first time Sam's basically ever gotten drunk or drank, period. We've got a bottle of American honey. Worst alcohol you'll ever drink. Yeah, it's, it's gross. So, it's like syrup now. I mean, I, I don't even know how I drank it back then, but... It wasn't just that. I mean, it was all these mixed drinks and everything else at this house party that we went to mm-hmm. down the street from where I used to live. And Sam and I went there. We were there, you know, doing our thing, talking to people on the porch, hanging out, um, smoking pipes, actual literal tobacco pipes, like Hobbit pipes. Mm-hmm. <laughs> I would brought these, like, glass jars of tobacco. And Sam... Uh, just got completely wasted. And you know when Sam's wasted, when all he does is speak in memes. He's not even, like, saying coherent <laughs> sentence anymore. He's just a string of sayings and statements. Like, I don't go to Burger King to tell you how to do your job. Just, <laughs> you know, poke in your chest, you mister. And, and it became such a blur, like, because at one point we, like... We're walking back to my apartment, and then I realized I forgot my jars of tobacco. And then I sat Sam down in this alleyway mm-hmm. <laughs> between the house and my my apartment, and I told him, I said, "All right, Sam, stay here. Do not go anywhere. I'll come back for you." And I'm gonna, and he just was like, "Oh, I'll stay right here." Well, you know, and I went and got the tobacco jars and everything. Came back, found him, and he was just like. Uh, I puked while you were gone. And I, I just was like, all right, let's go. Say, I don't remember. But he ended up puking the way. Then we got back to my place. And, of course, then he spent most of the time puking in my bathroom, in my toilet. Mm-hmm. And it just was just, yeah, horrible. Remember horrible. the puke bowl? Yeah, oh, yeah. And then there was a puke bowl. And then I, I like, gave him a bowl when he laid on the couch. And I said, all right, Sam, here's your here's your puke bowl. I was like, you see this here? And he's like, yeah, I see him. And I'm like, no, Sam, I need you to, like, open your eyes. Point point to me. Where's your puke bowl, Sam? Point it to me. And he, like, reaches over, like, his head, you know, on the he's laying on the couch. That's right here, right there on the floor. And I'm like, yes, very good, Sam. I'm like, this is where you puke <laughs> if you puke the rest of the night. I didn't puke, though. Hmm. In the puke bowl. Yeah, I know. So, Micah, we're wrapping up the end of our show. Where can everyone find your things? Yeah, um, go to mjchrisman.com or fencetraveler.com. Um, oh, go to the same site, mjchrisman.com, for like Micah mm-hmm. James Chrisman, but it's just my initials, mjchrisman.com. Mm-hmm. But yeah, go there, subscribe to my blog. Like I said, you'll get a chance to get an Amazon gift card, $10 Amazon gift card win. You'll be in a raffle every month. Mm-hmm. But more than that, my hope is that you'll connect with me and that we could take this journey together and ask these deep questions about social justice, political issues, but spiritual issues. 
and we can both take on this world together. All right. Awesome, Micah. Well, thank you. You're on Twitter and Facebook too. Yeah, literally just look up MJ Chrisman on all the social medias. Pornhub too? <laughs> Pornhub too, yeah. Just, you know, Pornhub.com slash MJ Chrisman. No, I'm just kidding. All right. <laughs> well, awesome, Micah. Thank you for coming on. Always a pleasure. You're always a fan favorite, as we like to say on this show. And so if you like this show, go check out more at wafflebuttmedia.com. And like always, stay awesome.